1: back everybody to another episode of benched with bubba episode 590 have my usual early week guest as always to help recap fab and talk about some other you know the great questions you guys came up with this week some other players to dive into as it's a always a wacky world out there you can follow me on twitter at bdentric and my host co-host i'm going him co-host as usual early in the week on twitter at mike underscore curlin mike curlin how are you doing my friend
2: Hi, Bubba. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Doing great. It's <laughs> great to see you again, Mike. Is it though? Is it it, it though? is. It is. It's better to see you than to get your thousand texts in our group t- chat. So, we're hey, hey, well. hey. It's been our group has been quiet lately. Very yeah, quiet. It, it has been quiet because it's well, we're intimidated when we're dealing with the top 10 main event guy you. right now. It makes it really difficult to, <laughs> He's to so hold bad. our weight
2: in there. I hate you so much. I have I have no problems <laughs> holding weight personally, but uh, me neither. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've been you know I I, I okay. Can, I'll just we'll address that I guess. Yeah, so I am top ten overall. It's my two weeks in a row now. I've been ninth, I think. I was reading Whitestone's article over at FTN. It's a free article he puts out over there and uh my name's been in it twice and he met he mentioned he's like oh he held down his spot now i'm like oh cool didn't realize i was ninth back to back weeks but yeah so it's been top 10 it's it's still early so obviously i wasn't over here like i think the only thing i don't, I don't even think i was texting you guys about it because simeon was the one who blew it up because yeah. he had no idea because I, had, I hadn't been talking about it yeah. by design because it's early and there's a lot that can still, still happen and now the expectations are up here and if i come up short now i'm, I'm gonna be upset i mean don't get me wrong, i I'm, wrong i'm gonna be upset because obviously i want to continue to compete and do well, but it's not easy and it's taking, it takes a lot of work and I have uh, a lot, we have three more, uh, four more months of this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll, we'll get there.
1: Oh, it's all good. It's just fun. I wanted to, to have some fun with you on that. Yeah, you know, you know. But uh, we're a third of the way through the season, so it's cool. You know, like hey, I look at my where I'm at in the rankings oh, every night. So I I'm didn't like,
2: say I didn't say I don't. Oh, I know you do because you text me about it. I don't think you text the group chat, but you'll text me. Uh, I know I was texting the group chat initially because the hot start oh. was like, oh look, I'm like fourth. Oh look, I'm fifth overall. Oh, I'm. 30th overall like it was just yep. you know the the fluctuation of daily outputs throughout the first month and now now that we're not getting those huge i mean we're still getting big, big swings but not as big, you know like a really good day we'll, we'll shoot you up your standings two spots instead of five you know stuff yeah. like that so we're getting like you mentioned third of the way through we're getting there the standings are starting to solidify a little bit but for everyone i talk to I, they say you know like late june early july is a really good idea if you really have that contender for the top spot. So. Hopefully, obviously, if we sustain the success, we'll be there. I say we because why not? It is a GTE effort at this point, right? Even though I haven't been, I I keep, at least I've been keeping it to myself. Simeon blew up my spot today. And now I have to actually address the fact that, yes, I'm doing well. And I hope, now I hope I can hold it down.
1: Let's keep it going. Plan to keep it going. That'd be great. We're, the most I'll say is as a group, we're having, early success in our leagues at least not overall wise but i think we're doing pretty well by the sounds of things so we'll see how that keeps going at gt speaking of gt you guys can check out gaining the edge fantasy on patreon patreon.com backslash gt fantasy for as low as five dollars a month Uh, obviously the more you pay the more cool stuff you get like curlin's awesome uh you know lineup and you know streaming tool you got got stimion's tool i'm still kind of trying to fine-tune the dfs tool we're looking at it's a there's a lot going on and we got we got a bunch of ideas coming up, so it's a pretty cool setup we got there. But for those five bucks, That's all it takes. You get the Discord and a bunch of cool stuff there. But uh, one thing you do get if you pay ten dollars or more is you get a waiver wire article. If you pay twenty dollars more, you get an NFC Fab article. So let's recap some Fab Curling. Let's uh, let's talk about twelve team OCs. We're gonna do it different order this week, um, doing the Fab first because you guys came up with so many good listener questions. We'll do listener questions and some deep dives at the end. But I wanted to make sure we got to some of these players. So we'll start with the big ad of the week. And this was a fun topic of conversation on Twitter and especially in our Discord with Matthew Liebertor. And I even left him out of my articles. I just kind of made a point to mention in the the Discord, hey, this is why he's out. This is my quick thoughts on Liebertor. I was very concerned by Ollie Marmel because, A, he's, an, he's a moron. And, B, that um, – He flat out said he's scheduled to start on Tuesday unless an opportunity from the bullpen comes into play, and he's more likely to be a bullpen role than a starter the rest of the way. That just took him way off the board for me. I'm like, I'm not even putting a lot of money into it, blah, blah, blah. Well, in a 10-3 to game on Sunday, Matthew Liebertort came in to pitch. That was awesome. Gave up two runs the ending of the work. After a great start against Milwaukee, he struck out six and five shutout. Long story short, he was adding 197 leagues, uh, OCs, Max bid of 250, a low bid of two. It just shows you the range. The two dollars make like I don't think I was, I think I put in like maybe 20 to 30 buck bids on him. I was just not even really going crazy. So, with all that being said, that kind of tells everybody my thoughts on Matthew Lieber Torx. I think he could have been the best pitcher out of this prospect bunch if we knew he was locked in, but I had no confidence in him being locked in. So, what's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, and then when you look at Mains, just the going the other side of things, he went as low as $19 in the main, which is that Which, blew, a lot. which well, blows my mind because the next lowest bid was 64 bucks. So it was like it was like just that's kind of like the outlier. But even then, under a hundred dollars, and almost I think I'd say close to a third of the winning bids in Mains were uh, I'm eyeballing it, were under triple digits, but it is what it is. Like you're seeing, and there was a big disparity. A lot of runner ups were quite off some of the higher bids, too, but you mentioned it, uh ballpen roll potential, but then the time oh he's gonna start Wednesday, but then uh Libertor uh goes out uh, like it's just so uncertain. But the stuff looked great. Obviously the velocity was there, the strikeout stuff is there, but the role is uncertain, the cardinals are uncertain. I, I don't know what to think. And that explains why the bids fell the way they did. And mm-hmm. it might be a steal because I, I'm was with you. Libertor was actually one of the reasons why I wasn't getting in on Bybee, wasn't was one of the reasons why I wasn't getting in on the, the Mason Millers of the world because I was kind of sitting back and waiting on them. Luckily, I, I landed on Logan Allen as kind of like that more exp- a cheaper of the expensive option, so to speak. And I honestly was kind of torn if that was even worth it. But considering now we have so many questions with Libertor's role that I don't know. I think I made the right choice in hindsight, luckily. But like I said, Libertor, I'm with you. He was one of those guys where I viewed him in that in that grouping of like the Bybies and such. But now I don't know if that was appropriate considering so many unknowns right now. And the reason why he answered him as a as a relief role that on the on over the weekend was kind of a way just to get him that ending of work in between starts because his start is again he's supposed to start again I think Tuesday or Wednesday. So today or tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. Was the last I saw. Yeah, because
1: Wainwright got moved up to Tuesday. When once Levertor came in the game, Wainwright got moved up because Levertor came up to move Wainwright back earlier in the week.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's why I don't understand. It's a it's fucking marble. It goes. It, it goes back to marble being marble, right? He He's going full marble. You never go full marble. Yeah. Just like you never go full Rocco Baldelli. But that's another discussion too. Oh wow, but, man, that was a
1: fun one on Monday night on Twitter. Oh boy,
2: <laughs> dude, I, I was my mind was blown. I started, you know, I started uh, Julian. Because I am like, all right, cool. He's banging fourth. He obviously we know the lefty's coming in, but why would they start him if they weren't gonna let him kind of hit through the lefty? I know Julian's in a platoon, so it's Krilov. Krilov got one at bat against the righty, and then he came up in the third, got pulled because minaya was still in. Julian didn't even get in a bat. <laughs> so I was like, what the heck's going on here? So people like are are they injured? And I'm like, No, it's Baldelli just went full, like, let me get my Lefties. I just don't understand why he didn't put the righty bats in there, yeah. knowing that it was like He knew a Mania was coming
1: in in like the second or third inning.
2: It was so that was good. the thing, though. Maybe, maybe yeah. he was trying. To, that's why he stacked the top with the lefties. Maybe thinking, okay, cool. But now, if the game went into extras or anything like that, you're looking at what no pinch runners, no pinch hitters, really available mm-hmm. off your bench at this point to drain that in the first three innings. Blew my mind. But these, these again, these coaches, these analytic teams, they know more than the average fan. So I can't say I'm just questioning it because I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, they're, they're at least over hard. the last few years since this is since platoon has become so heavily introduced into lineups i don't recall ever seeing something this extreme to where they're pulling players before they record a single bat as when they're plugged in the bat fourth for a lineup and, and it mind? wasn't
1: it wasn't just julian it was i think uh that like kirloff got benched uh yeah kirloff Kier- like, let off it was, it was and he field. got benched
2: he got benched in the third inning when he came back up
1: yeah that was Are you, so that's
2: why I was like that's why I was having a hard time really understanding because it, it was just the first time I've ever seen it be that extreme we've seen the fifth inning the fourth even the fifth the fifth sixth inning. we've seen people start getting pulled if oh, they're yeah. in strict platoons and all that you know the Stuart trials of the world stuff like that but these aren't the these aren't that bad of hitters in terms of like I mean I get it lefties they might not hit well but to pull them so early just blew, again it blew my mind we'll see if that's something that continues it's something to keep an eye on that's why the lineup analysis is getting so much more important because okay. a platoon these days can be two platoons one that's like all right they're starting reverse right but they're not getting pulled and so they're getting their full plate appearances that game or it's like no it's a strict platoon they're getting two maybe three play appearances if you're lucky but but conversely they do come in well if the starter starts because then when the righty comes up They'll platoon with the other bat, you know, it's vice versa. So let's look at those same platoon splits, I'd say, in terms of play appearances, but it's just so. It's so much. Some some teams more than others. Some players more than others, too. So it's a lot to focus on. But yeah, anyway, back to Libertor, I guess this is why we started with the names early, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, yep. uh... this is the whole point of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things. Well, it just goes to show you that some of these managers, you have to understand their tendencies the best you, to the best of your ability. Obviously, it's hard to understand Marble and such, but if you can understand their, their tendencies, you get a better read for the situation and allow you to react better as a fantasy manager. And Marmol, I think again, Libertor. I think his leash is short, and I, and I think he has a role for now, and that's why the bids were what they were. But I understand the bids still getting up there because people do need pitching, and he has a ceiling as not as yep. high as the top, not as high as a Bryce Miller type, but he's up. He's definitely in the conversation with at least a Logan Allen type, if not above him even. So, and, and I was with you again. It goes back to circle and full circle. I was completely with you on it. and I guess that's kind of all we can say at this point. Kind of watch to see approach. Yep.
1: And I'm with, um, I agree with you also, this could bite me in the butt in a big way, because like like we both said, we we think he's really, really good. And looking at RotoWire's projected starters, you're supposed to pitch Tuesday, obviously, they, they were recording, that does not happen. He is projected to pitch Saturday right now at Cleveland. But the fun part is, is, you um, know, can if I think how day, that would line up. Well the thing is if the name's in bold, that means it's locked in. His name is not in bold. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna say that's is. still subject to change. But um he's supposed to, it's supposed to be Wayno Tuesday, Matt's Wednesday, Mikolas Thursday, Wait, what Clarity Friday. Libertor Saturday.
2: I'm so confused. That's... I thought Libertor was Wednesday. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. No, I quit. No, he's not till Saturday. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, I he thought might, I he thought... might end up. He might end up coming out of the bullpen because Matt's gets blown up on Wednesday. That could happen. Who knows? Well, yeah.
2: Like... I, I thought. I thought the whole point of him pitching over the weekend was to get. You know how during like in between starts pitchers yeah, will throw his, his bullpens bullpen I know. That's and what that's some what some people were saying on Twitter. And I was like, that's no, my understanding no. of the usage. That it was supposed. Yeah. To be, at least that's my understanding of why they threw him in the in game to not waste the bullets, which he ended up not having a good relief outing. And now as a relief pitcher he might not be you know some starters don't yeah, know how to same. pitch and relieve it's not the same as coming in. that's why you see starters come in in the world in like the world series or in the playoffs as a reliever and struggle because it's not the same as starting a game there's routines there's a lot of these guys have um what are those like uh when you really believe in something that's not real i can't think of the word uh, superstitions. Oh, super superstitions superstitions yeah so a lot of these players have superstitions have routines and you throw them off young or old it doesn't matter a lot of these guys won't be able to perform appropriately due to like just the way they just that, that transition out of nowhere. Like I, I doubt he. I don't know if we, last time he's made a relief appearance. Anyway, enough right. enough. leave tour, but basically, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's one of the, it was one of the
1: ones where, uh, as we've been bidding so much on other guys, like you've been actually pretty frugal with your bidding on, in a, in a good way. So you could have gone for him. I'm like I can't waste that uh. money with the unknown. I couldn't do it with the unknown. Is what I'm saying. Like I have like three to four hundred bucks left in a lot of leagues. I couldn't risk a hundred plus dollars, thinking, okay, he could be in the bullpen or sit back down. That's well, where I was really I, torn
2: I, on it. So, so I had four seventy nine. So I didn't exactly have a lot. I had enough to bid on him, but I have enough for one more. I know we have a question about it, so we'll talk about all in bids. But I have enough. I look at it like I have enough if I really feel like someone's a different make difference, a true difference maker to my team. I have enough for one more. Go go after him, bid, and I'm. Afraid, but even then. It's a whole strategy discussion, and I don't want to. We'll talk about more when we get to the question. But it's one of those things where you mentioned I have enough. I'm like, oh, like I do, but I don't depending on how I feel. So, but anyway, as we
1: were. All right, let's go to Matt McClain, the top uh, hitting prospect for the week. This week, I'm going to specify that at an 186 league. Surprisingly, that's not every league. McClain did not get had in every league, so that was a a bit of a surprise for me because I highly doubt he was drafted to be on the the like pick him up early world. But uh, 186 leagues as high as 235, as low as $2 again, uh, which was quite surprising. McLean was uh, hit well in his first few games, a couple 0 for games against the Yanks. Two more hits on um, on uh, Monday night. He's got three doubles on the season so far. He had 12 homers, 10 steals, hitting well over 300 in AAA. He is striking out 44% of the time in his first six games, which is a bit concerning, but also, I guess, not super surprising at the same time. So, what are you doing with Mike uh, with Matt McClain? I was, it was kind of like Libertor. I had like keep modest bids, but I wasn't going crazy.
2: Yeah, I, this wasn't the hitter I wanted to go after. If I was exactly. going to make a splash, I do think McClain can be. I mean, he's starting shortstop, batting second, and gets called Cincinnati as home. You like all that. The, the Meyer League numbers, very flashy for McClain. You know, the double digit steals, the, the great plate discipline, the power. I think all that's going to come, especially as long as he's holding it down. I just don't know what to expect in terms of, playing time cuz with all the guys, how long is the leash here are they going to give him full run he deserves a lot he deserves a, he deserves a legitimate chance but you also have well, Ellie De La Cruz coming. You have like you have these other options that are there. So it's like Carnacio and Strand. They got all kinds of dudes Yeah, up. And then players gotta shift. And they should be able to make room for all these guys, by the way. No Ellie Marte, except they should have room for all these guys, including McLean. Mick McLane. It's only one C. I know but... that
1: threw me off the first time. What was more surprising? Here's a this is why you guys tangents with me and Curlin. M- the McLean spelling. I'm, so I'm gonna say it wrong for you, right? I'm just, an apology. Mick Lane. McLane. I'll have to say it like a million times. Or the Emmanuel Valdez. I yeah. took me a forever. T- it's, I literally almost tweeted it out when I was doing work last week. And I'd actually spell his name because I just kept saying Emmanuel, thinking, who does Emmanuel? And I couldn't find it in Friend Graphs. I was like, what the hell is this? It's E N M, not E
2: M M. I was like, whoa. <laughs> i couldn't find him in fab the other week i couldn't find <laughs> mclean mclean in the ve- in fab either yep. because of I, I keep i kept misspelling it so i was like what, what am i doing wrong i'm like oh yeah there's no c there's no second c but yeah so yeah going back to mclean i'm trying my hardest here it's so hard at least the swing and miss there or the strikeouts it looks like it's a, pass- a passivity thing and i prefer my strikeouts like this uh, for a young sure. hitter because his his own contact is 89.5 percent early on his chase rate is only 30 percent for reference, league average for both of these, the zone contact was 89.5, league average is 85.4, so way above average. The the chase rate, he's about league average. He's actually a little better, 30% even compared to 31.5. And the swing strike rate, he's about 1.5% better than league average there too. So you're getting a lot of... You're getting – that's what's happening with him right now. It's not a swing and miss issue, which is nice, which, again, it goes back to showing that that strong discipline will probably translate as he – you know, pitchers are attacking the zone. I think he has a 66% F-strike percentage, which is first pitch strike percentage. And uh, that's one of those things where if he's that passive, maybe he's not attacking first pitches and all that. So there's going to be some adapting both ways. I do think he has a bright future. Again, considering all this stuff, I like him. I just – didn't I don't need middle. Nothing was like maybe I don't. I need, didn't need middle infield either. Middle yeah, infield, like, I could. I yeah. could use it, but at the same time, it wasn't a, a pressing need right now. But I don't know. I'm. Try, I just the prices. I'm trying to think. What you, he went for triple digits in my league? And again, there's other names I like that I'm like maybe I'll hold off on see if I can get by without him type of thing. But I do think McLean was a very solid, yeah, uh, player to go after. I do think he's going to be just fine moving forward. And I would, if you got him, you should be happy and excited considering. Just again, just considering the power potential, speed potential, home ballpark, batting second, all he checks all those boxes. I think he's going to be just fine once he adapts to some major league pitching here.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Like he's a he's a really solid pickup. I just wasn't either in need or willing to break the bank for type pickups. So, totally agree with you. Money's getting tight, man. Money's getting tight. Yeah, I have to be real. Like, well, when we recap our bids, you're going to see why I was not bidding on and Who I was bidding on and for how much money? Because it was (laughs) bargain basement shopping, baby. Yeah, that's where Um, I was at. Um. Michael Lorenzen, and we had a question from our buddy Ben Ted, and we can kind of answer it throughout this. He basically added after this week's two starters, is he worth basically holding on to and streaming from time to time. Uh, we'll get into this because I'm kind of leaning yes, but we'll see. Uh, Lorenzen was added in 145 leagues, as high as 64 bucks, as low as a dollar. He gave it five runs in five and two thirds, three homers, two walks, five Ks. A lot of that damage was done in like the first inning against Lorenzen. He settled down pretty darn well overall. And what really got my attention when I was digging in over the weekend on him, his three previous starts, he threw six or more, he threw 20 innings in those three starts, two total runs, 11 Ks. He did have a 4 3 X fip so obviously there was maybe some luck factor involved there. And, um, but all in all, it looked like a pretty solid arm. He had great two step this week. The first one against the Royals didn't go as planned. But um, I think we've seen signs of Lorenzen being good at times. That's what I'm trying to say. So he was obviously picked up in most leagues this week for the two step. That's pretty clear cut. But what's your thoughts on Lorenzen from, I guess, the the pickup this week, but also to answer Ben's question going forward, where I think based on matchups, he's definitely going to be in play.
2: So I look at Lorenzen and I think a lot about Kyle Gibson. Like It feels like a very you similar. You love Kyle
1: Gibson. That's your boy. He, he but... tortured you.
2: I, I dropped them, actually, in my main... I, I dropped them... Well, we'll talk about it. I dropped them this week as well. I, I dropped... But the thing was, was... The thing is, is I look at them as very similar in terms of, like, these are great quality bench streamers. If you don't have a good pitching depth on your deeper formats, Lorenzen kind of fits that. Like, hey, put them on your bench and stream them as needed via matchups, via two-start streams. Yesterday, you mentioned it. Lorenzen, actually... And I was watching this game. I don't know why I was watching this game, but it was on my... I had the, like, all four... Of them. I had four games going. It was one of them. And... He got through. You mentioned I think it was three earned runs in the first inning. Got yep. through, and then it was the I think it was the sixth inning when he was about to be done about for the night. Yep. He, gave, he gave up the two run shot to uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. of all players. Yeah. So, we'll I, I, yeah, that, that's that's the issue. The home runs got the better of him. But when you look at Lorenzen, you mentioned it. He's had what out of his what seven rate starts he's had so far. I think it's one it's seven. I think out of his seven starts, three of them have been five earned runs or more. Four of them have been one run or less. It's yep. been all or nothing, and I think that. Lorenzen has enough and offers enough to be that team streamer type the bench streamer type not a guy you're setting him forgetting by any means but definitely worthy of that bench stream role as long as he's running decent now if he goes now if he rattles off a few bad starts of like you know three to six earned runs at over like the next three to four outings then maybe you drop him but with pitching being the way it is Lorenzen's being better than i'd say above average in terms of production nothing special but useful you hold on to him and just stream him from your bench no, and you
1: you used a good term that I think people need to focus on more is bench streamer. Um, it's a guy that you don't really want to drop because you're going to want to keep him for like the following week or two weeks from now, so on and so forth, where you might not be able to pick him back up. And maybe you can play the game and risk it and try to pick him back up, but it's like the guy you're dropping him for worth it for that one start. So that's the idea of the bench streamer situation. Paul yeah, Gibson
2: is still very much in a that- he's yeah. still in that discussion i dropped him because i'm fortunate enough to not need him on my bench to stream because i have other options that i like more mm-hmm. and i'm i'm decently deep at pitching but it's very team specific because most teams most people probably should be ross again deeper formats i want to specify 12s these guys are probably not even on your radar because i saw braxton garrett available in twelves still and i'm like he's a guy that i couldn't imagine but then i realized in 12s he kind of is just meh so but he's yeah. but he's better meh than these meh guys mm-hmm. but it goes back to uh yeah, Lorenzen, uh, Gibson's just one of those guys where, you know, again, belongs on your bench or someone, at least someone else's bench. He belongs on a bench being streamed as needed in deeper formats. And Lorenzen fits that category. I would just say that you just kind of have to really look into the matchups and catch mm-hmm. him and catch Lorenzen on a hot swing, like you mentioned. He really was entering this week, and I, I'm surprised that he struggled, but it seemed like it was a little more bad luck considering home run issues, and he hasn't really been a guy to give up a whole lot of home runs. He gave up three yesterday, the six starts before yeah. that, you up three total, just yeah, for exactly. reference. It was so, kind of a
1: fluky thing, it feels like.
2: Well, the are, the, are the Royals also hitting? They're hitting recently? extremely
1: well, extremely yeah, well in the so. month of May. In the month of May, they're one of the best offenses in baseball, actually. So uh, it's it's very surprising. And Every time I do my DFS show and I look at like verse right-handed pitching, we're like, what the heck is going on with Kansas City? It's like the Pirates from April. Yep, yep. yep. It's the exact thing. They, they switched roles. Um, it's, it's a Spider-Man gif. Uh, Lorenzen does face the White Sox on Saturday, so we'll see how that one goes. Uh, <laughs> it's so iffy with the White Sox. It is. It's very, very bipolar for them. Uh Britton Doyle, Colorado Rockies, they have seven games at home this week. Doyle had five homers and one RBI, hitting over 300 in AAA this year. He was out in 141 leagues as high as $72, as low as one in these 12-team formats. He did pick up a steal and a run scored on Monday night, so that's a plus. But he came into uh, the week playing really well. If you just look at his last week in of production, which not always the best thing to do, but he was hitting three eighty one with uh, two home runs, five extra base hits, seven RBIs. Strikes out a ton, though. Keep that in mind. Strikes out a ton. But he's got power. He's got speed. More speed than power, more often than not throughout the minors. But uh, pretty solid bat, especially with the Coors setup. So he was definitely on my radar this week.
2: Yeah, he was a guy that got – um was I, I had my eyes on him as well entering I think the week before just because the playing time was trending up and he, if, if that's the thing about Doyle was that he didn't have like the secure righty playing time he was starting against every lefty that wasn't an issue, but it was like all right, two out of four righties, three out of five and now suddenly doyle uh, he's earned it. Doyle's pushed his way into like an everyday role, and that's kind of where the difference is now that you don't you can kind of you don't have to worry about him seeing i mean they've seen a lot of lefties over the last thirty days ten of ten of their starts have been against lefties. Out of, their 20, out of their 27. So over 50% of their matchups have been against lefties over the last 30 days for the Rockies. So Doyle's playing time, one of those things where you can tell you couldn't tell if it was just a day off or what, but it was just one of those things where it was just lining up where so like two lefties, two righties, a lefty, right? It was just the way the schedule worked for them. Doyle was getting plenty of run and enough to mask those playing time issues. But again, as I mentioned, Doyle has worked through those, and there's a lot of swing and miss, but there's very it's a very toolsy, um toolsy uh Under 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 the hood. Can't think of the word profile. So Doyle is a guy that you ride it out. I don't think there's long term appeal here. I don't think there's long term staying power. But I do think as long as someone is playing every day has the tools and has cores to call their home park. You're plugging him in and seeing where it goes. Especially for this week with what seven? I think there's yeah, all, seven. All home seven starts. games
1: are in Coors. Yep.
2: Are there? Is that happening again in two weeks? Like next week is all home, all road games. The week after, yes, so uh, he's, he's going to be a hold. Yes. Yeah, you hold Doyle. But the problem is, is does Doyle struggle enough on the road to loosen up playing time entering the next home series? That's like one of those things where it's like I feel like his leash could be kind of short considering they have Gritchuk. They have Bryant, obviously. They have profile Willie Castro, who's playing all the time. Really I crap. Harold Castro, okay. Harold yeah, Castro, right. I, he, Willie's in Minnesota. Sorry, you, you They're know both why? playing all the time. They're both playing all the time. Harold it's Castro is on a strong side platoon. He has started against five yeah. straight, right, straight righties, six yeah. righties, I think actually. Yep. I know this because we'll talk about him later. But guess who added him and streamed him this week? Because there's six Dude, out of seven yeah. righties. Yeah. Yes, and he went over four last night. So thank hey, against yeah, okay. against the Marlins okay. pitching.
1: So okay. last week, I told you about my Massey and, and Prado pickups. They're mediocre, but they each hit home runs over the weekend last week made me feel a little better to finish you, the week.
2: How about my Jake Bowers stream? One yep. stolen base on Monday and then over 16, I think, rest of
1: the week. You can do all the right things, but if they don't produce it, don't freaking matter.
2: I was really banking on that Franchi Cordero spike week. And I think he had it, but it was the week before was the issue. Before yep. everyone added them, he kind of had this, he just showed off these like showed it off towards like okay there might be enough there had really good matchups had all the righties and it didn't matter and he he even hit top five all week last week jake bowers did so i feel like that was one of those where the process didn't equal the results type of thing it happens but um we bounced back this week and we'll talk again we'll talk about those ads soon enough so
1: Jake Berger, people dropped him when he got hurt. You fools, you. No, I'm just kidding. I am uh, one of them. <laughs> oh, look, they're, they're, <laughs> it it made sense for an oblique injury. He came nope. back on 10 days, which is not normal. Uh, 127 leagues. He was re-added in as high as 177, as low as a dollar. Pretty sure I got him in some league. I don't know if it's one of my OCs or my other 12s I'm in. But uh, since he's come back on the 14th, 379, three homers, five extra base hits, hit 414 ISO, bad bits through the roof. But he's got 10 homers on the other. There's no denying Jake Berger's power. My question was always playing time because Yohan Moncada came back while Ber- Berger was on the IL, and Moncada's hitting well. He's He is hitting well. The White Sox don't have Tony LaRouche anymore because they're like, screw it, I don't care if it's lefty-righty, what it is. Moncada's hitting cleanup, Berger's hitting. He's hit second or seventh, it feels like, most games. Um And he's playing versus lefties and righties. So as long as Berger's playing, I love this bet, especially if you need power.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I'm obviously upset that I dropped them, but it was one of those things where I have, um, I have Chapman, I have Young, so it's like I already had third base covered. I was using Burger as a util, and then you mentioned the oblique. I thought the oblique was gonna linger just like we always see oblique's linger. I thought it was gonna be like three weeks to a month. I really did. I was like, okay, oblique. He's done for like six what four to six weeks usually for an oblique for a hitter. Yeah, and geez. of course, it was so minor that he showed up. like you said, he did the minimum stay and then he went for way more than I rebid on him again. but uh, so i'm I'm missing out. I'm not happy about it. But, you know, it is it is what it is. The swing and miss is there. The chase is there. The chase issues are there. So Berger's going to go through streaks considering he's very much willing to chase out of the zone, have some swing and miss in his game. A 286 bad bit doesn't sound like a lot, but for him, I feel like that's kind of like on the high end. So I don't know if necessarily that's going to regress too much. But 271 hitter, I don't buy that. Even if he's close, but he could be closer to the 250. He usually sits around 250, 253 uh, last couple outings minus his little 2023 20, uh, A batting average. But, all things considered, I think Burger's really solid and difference making in power. And they mentioned uh, Eloy is training back towards rehabbing this week, but yeah. they want to they want to have him do. It's not like they want to have him like a a bit of an extended rehab session. Let him get some fielding under his belt too, because they want to get him the outfit, which makes sense if they want to if they want to keep, keep Burger if they want to keep Burger lineup, they're gonna have to figure out something. Second yeah. base is an option. I was like, ugh, Jake Burger is not gonna be a good second baseman, but he played there last year for five games, so it's not unheard what about? of. Put I, was, I, I was gonna actually look at Makata because I, I, w- I wondered because Makata feels like he could play better second base. I know is actually a decent fielder though, from my understanding. Well, and he's also
1: another guy you don't want to move too much to get hurt, also. <laughs> like they they have all these
2: little guys you gotta keep
1: even bubble around. Mkata hasn't too played too
2: second, he hasn't played second base since 2018, and he had a negative, negative 18 outs above average forever. Alrighty then. Where, whereas right question. now whereas whereas right now he uh he has a one outs above average, was a four outs above average, uh third baseman last year so obviously he still has some time to get that going but he's he's definitely a pod a plus third baseman compared to especially compared to second base so yeah mancada was the initial thought to me oh they can just move mancada there's something about mancada just scream second base because i swore he played second base for like mm-hmm. the, for like the red Sox or something stupid right no it was uh, a yeah. they brought him up i guess in 2016 he played third base for the red Sox at the major league level and then in 2017 2018 he played second base at the major league level and was awful And that's where, and that's when the transition happened to third base, I guess. But yeah, Mankata. So Berger played second base more recently than Mankata, oddly enough. And that's their biggest weakness right now in terms of a a hole with uh, Andrew's out. But at the end of the day, Berger, he's going to stick in this lineup. I think it's going to be on. I I just it's one of those things when Eloy returns, then it gets kind of iffy. Does Sheets go into a strict platoon again, or he's already in platoon? But does Sheets lose okay. playing time? Does Burger lose some of that playing time against righties? Because you're not going to sit Eloy. Eloy, and Eloy really looked great right before he got his random appendix burst or whatever. <laughs> like he was actually really heating up those two weeks or so prior to. So we'll see if that can if they can return the form if Eloy can return the form plus Burger can sustain it. But at the end of the day, I really like what we're seeing here from Burger, and I do buy into it largely. Yeah, can't it
1: right I'm right. with you. It's weird to see the White Sox with an embarrassment of riches at the moment. So, well, only we'll at that. one spot, only at DH yeah, at DH, <laughs> yeah, because they have no defense. They're a slow pitch softball team. They need to like if they need to figure it out.
2: Yeah, they all need to just get drunk before the game and go
1: out and hit dingers. Yeah. Uh, I think Berger would have a great time with that personally. Uh, so I, think I know, Andrew, spawn- I know Andrew, Vaughn Andrew Vaughn would I think, I, think, I, think I feel like Berger would sponsor the event. Yes, yes, he'd he'd actually flip burgers. Um, Gavin Stone. Picked up in 120 leagues because he was stashed already. As high as 177, as low as a dollar, though. Thank you, 12s. Thank you, 12s. Um, I was nervous. I I tweeted it out. I'm like, hey, welcome back to the Bigs, kid. You get Atlanta at Atlanta and Tampa Bay at Tampa, your opening week. It's like, wow, that's pretty freaking awesome, guys. And it went kind of as thought. And it was mainly the first thing he settled down. I'll say that much. He settled down actually pretty nicely. Uh, He went four innings, five earned, a home run, five walks, though, and 1K. In it's two outings, eight innings, nine runs, seven walks and 2K so far. It has not been ideal for Gavin Stone. Bobby Miller's coming up to pitch on Tuesday. Uh Julio Uri- U- Urias, Urias is um, expected back the series early June against the Yankees. So, yeah, you, you pretty much got Bobby Miller and you got Gavin Stone. And, uh, and Michael Grove is rehabbing also. But those two are, are bidding for Dustin May's spot. And they got about two to three starts to figure it out. So what's your thoughts on Gavin
2: I mean, you can't start him with any confidence right now, but I, don't, I do think you should be holding on to him, obviously, if you can, especially on the bench. Stone, I mean, the hard hit rate's okay. It's not terrible, 38.2%. The barrel rate is, like, not terrible, 8.8%. Not great by any means, but it's one of those things where it's like – I mean, it's a what, negative. What was that? Negative eleven point six. Negative eleven point six K minus walk rate. That's not. <laughs> not but the ideal, walks, folks. the walks are weird because he's never been above a ten percent walk rate in the minors at all, and then suddenly in A, and then obviously in the in the majors, the walks are an issue. I don't know if he's um he's having issues locating or commanding his pitches like he normally does. I don't know if it's. I mean, but he's also he, terrible strand rates, terrible BABIP against. I understand a lot of that is earned and deserved, but he's doing all this without allowing a ton of home runs. That goes back to limiting the, limiting okay. the hard, the, the hard hit balls. So there are reasons for like semi-optimism. Plus he's still a rookie. He's struggling is okay. You know what I mean? Like it's frustrating that I, I think what it is is we're spoiled. We come up, we see these guys come up and just do really well. The, the Millers of the world, insert Miller, you know, any Miller at this point, yeah, they're all Millers, that's, why, that's why, that's why Bobby Miller is going to flourish obviously, obviously just because of his name. No other reason just because of his name, but you have, you know, Logan Allen's doing well, not, not nothing spectacular Bybee, you know, ups and downs, mostly up, but like, you know, he's kind of come back down to earth in terms of just being good, not great. But at the end of the day, even if Stone was that kind of where I put it, I was thinking maybe Stone would be more like a Logan Allen. He hasn't put that up yet. And I, I don't know what to do with him in terms of like, I would definitely be holding on and trying to stash on my bench, especially in shallower formats, even but, uh, yeah, he's he hasn't shown it's almost like Jared Schuster. Schuster took him what three, four starts, and last start was his first real start to figure it out. He's, and he's, he's, like, our, next, he's our next one to talk about. I'm so, really can, we just, about. can we just tra- transition? Yeah, over me, that let me let me just
1: let me let me set it up for a second. But, yeah, Schuster is added in 91 leagues as high as 151, as low as a dollar. And like you said, he went six innings, one earned on a solo shot, one walk in seven K's. That was the dude we saw in spring training, not the dude we saw before. So, where were you going with this? Because I want to know your thoughts as you because you dig in on this stuff a lot. Like, do you believe this is what we're getting? Or was this kind of a
2: what happened situation? So with Schuster, I what I found when I looked was, uh, okay, so he had his best outing of the year versus the Mariners, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the VLO ticked up across the board. Maybe he, you know, maybe he figured out something with his mechanics. Maybe he just felt good that night. Whatever it might be, he threw uh, Schuster threw his slider, a, a season high, thirty four percent of the time, and it had a forty two percent whiff rate. So the slider was effective. He utilized it as much as the four seam, and with that, the four seam came down. The changeup and slider both went up heavily in that in that game. So it's almost like he, not that he unlocked something, but he went away from his four seam that he was averaging around forty five percent usage down to thirty. Like he dropped it like ten percent that game and relied heavier on the secondaries, which we always talk about. That's kind of a recipe for success for any pitcher. Rely more on your secondaries, drop the fastball usage. And we saw that work. We had less walks in that outing for Schuster. The most Ks in any start this year, a high swing strike rate. Wasn't getting a whole ton of uh, chases, but that's fine because if you're living in the zone and able to induce swinging strikes, you can get by without being a big chase rate guy. However, maybe he won't be a K per inning type. But regardless, Schuster showed a lot of stuff in this start that was very different from the last ones, and he had the most success while doing it. Teams will adapt, of course, but Schuster seems to maybe Schuster figure something out and took that step forward in terms of being something like, all right, cool, there's something here. And we saw it in spring and it's showing out now or showed up in this start. Maybe now it's okay. okay. Maybe now is the time I start plugging him in, depending on matchups, and go from here. But Schuster, I really liked what I saw in this outing, and I'm intrigued at the very least. I don't. He's not like he's not an instant plug him in and play him type of guy, but he is a guy that's like, all right, there's reason to believe that success could be coming because he did ch- completely change things up and found success in that last start, and that's kind of one of those tangible changes with tangible results type of combinations I like. However, it's just, it's just a small sample you have to react before we actually get a true sample size of this, or if this is going to continue, it was it a one start thing questions you have to have, but you don't, you have to kind of make a get your best educated guess. And my educated guess hmm. would be my educated guess would be that he, that Schuster found something. It worked. He's going to try to stick with something similar or comparable. And hopefully in his case, hopefully the success follows. I say his case, cause I don't have any shares. So i if he doesn't, if he's not successful. It's good for me. But <laughs> okay, well, that's how i was going to
1: go with this: is he gets Philadelphia on thir- uh, Thursday or Friday this week? I just had it up. Where's that? Friday this week it looks like. And if he st- everything sticks the same, he gets at Oakland next week. So that's gonna be a fun <sighs> fab move if he pitches. I kind of want him to pitch poorly against Philadelphia so I can get him cheap to face Oakland.
2: Yeah, but it's weird because Oakland can hit when, when they want to. Which can we talk about Oakland real quick? Yeah. I have a question with playing time there because I'm a Ramon Laureano. I have one. I just teams. wrote
1: him up as a basically sell low candidate. Get him well, out.
2: Well, I have no problem selling low on him. I just I I'm just in outfield is really, my outfield. I hit on three outfielders and Acuna being one doesn't really count. So yeah, I hit like yeah. really well in my outfield. But I took A. Sean Loreano and you know he's been up or down, pretty down so far this year. I think like a 600 OPS batting 200, not great. Him and Willie Adamus like together are just sinking me. But uh, it's one of those things where look at the playing time now. Seth Brown's back, right? So they have J. D. day Seth Brown. Brent Rooker and Loriano for essentially two outfield spots and a DH spot. Not to mention, and now you would think, oh well, maybe Seth Brown can go to first base, but they have Ryan Noda. They're willing to give up on Ryan Noda already with that full t- with that his with his role. Yeah. So now it's getting kind of crowded there, and it's weird to say that Oakland outfield is crowded. And it's like, oh, Mike, what about that third outfield spot? You mean Ruiz's spot? Ruiz isn't going to lose that. Yeah, play he's in not time. going anywhere. Not so, going anywhere. and I don't think Blade stays up without. And I, I know how I know Blede has slowed down, so maybe they send oh, yeah. Blede, They could send Blade back down. They, they that they isn't out of the question down, for sure. Yeah. But it is one of those things. Where, like I'm waiting for that lineup to come out tonight because the first lineup back, Lorano has played plenty so it could have just easily been a rest day seven game week but Seth Brown could sit you know he ease he, he, himself in so there's gonna be in the short term I could see Loreano playing five out of seven Bleday playing you know all these guys playing five out of seven with Rooker kind of being set and forgets everything for this team but even Rooker slowed down but point being is that it's getting crowded something's gonna have to give there and I'm but I'm with you I mean I'm not super excited about Loreano I, I just noticed that his playing time could be hurt by this because there's just so much going on but it could be Bleday it could be it could I would say Brown, but I think Brown and I feel like Rooker are pretty safe right now. I think
1: Brown and Rooker are safe. Uh Blade I actually started dropping this past week. Like I wrote it out, I had my fun, and I'm like the kind of writing feels like it's on the wall. That one, like yeah. Because he, he started playing time because the playing time was like a big concern already, and the production fell with it. So
2: yeah, the the strikeout rate started spiking a little bit. I yeah. noticed right after I, uh, you know, I I said, yeah, you should probably grab him on the HQ show, and I realized like a couple days after those, after that day, a couple he's just started going like oh for four or three Ks. I'm like, what the hell yeah, just
1: that it, it, so, it was ugly for sure. It's okay. Um, r- Timing quick, is my thing. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> real quick, since you're, I, I'm going to take us on a pivot here. Since you are talking about Jared Schuster and his pitch mix change. I know Simeon mentioned it in our group text because I didn't look deep enough until he said it. But I I was doing the first pitch pod and I'm like, dang, you know, Tanner Houck had a great outing last night. Where did this come from? Like it was so documented. First time through the rotation, he's been good. Second time, pretty bad. Third time, horrific. Like it's just been a trend. And then Simeon, like right out the gate, hey, pitch mix change, like major change. And he did his slider usage. has been creeping up, but just soared. Pretty much dropped his um his sinker, his cutter went down a bit, and his splitty took a big hike so he's a, a a slider split split finger guy for the most part now sustainability we'll see but just for fun because i know like i, I either dropped him or was thinking about dropping him this past week i know i'm not alone in that scenario if like and we don't see him again this week because the red sox are going six man rotation so we won't know tanner's next outing until he faces uh Actually, he's not scheduled. Wow, wow! They have a lot of work to do. He's technically not scheduled to pitch till next Saturday. He's the random. He's the random sixth dude with Garrett Whitlock coming back. Um, I think that's another reason why I dropped him. So, what's your thoughts on Tanner Hous? I'm I dig into this. I'm even the pitch mix change kind of concerns me with the playing time.
2: That's all it is. Is we don't know. Like now, if Bello goes, if Bayo Bello Bayo goes out, if Bayo goes out, you better say my Bay the right way. Listen, I drafted him. I stashed him. I never dropped him. So I'm with you. I mean, I know he's your guy. Don't be wrong. I'm not here to act, take that away from you. I'm just <laughs> saying that I wasn't. I, I'm a little in here. Okay. I'm you a little are, invested. You are. It's fine. A little it's fine. bit. Not enough, but a little bit. Anyways, Bayo, what if Bayo goes out and struggles today? I don't think he will. But if he does, does he. Now, it's like, I feel like it's a. Not that the team is rooting for an injury or struggles, but there's so much room for, like, okay, one guy has an injury, one guy's a setback. Paxton yeah. has a hamstring issue again or something. They have. I think they want to keep how. Bayo and these guys they want to keep them stretched out but yeah i noticed that too like obviously you mentioned simeon kind of hit us with that text first thing in the morning and one thing that i do i am thankful for with those savant recaps is i usually catch all of the stuff so i went in and looked myself because i was like oh, cool. of course he he said it and this is okay. why i
1: asked you because i knew you were into it somewhere i'm
2: oh, gonna so i looked <laughs> so i looked in a uh, uh you know his he's changed up his pitch mix over the last three outings slowly you mentioned slowly ramping up the side or each of the last three outings which last outing what yesterday was the most how on the slider. It was the, the fact they spiked the usage of the splitter, as you mentioned, and it had a 55% whiff rate. So he had, he had success with it. I just don't know. We all know the splitter is a field pitch. Is it one of those things where, and you mentioned, you've seen it with like Logan, Logan Gilbert, where he threw a splitter, the most, last outing and had a great outing for Gilbert and it's one of those things where this pitch when thrown well when when commanded properly it's Gosman's go-to it's it's a hell of a pitch the issue is a lot of players have a hard time getting feel for it it could be a start to start thing it could be like a month a month thing we've seen people have issues commanding it and having a true feel for it but if he's if if Halk found that feel for it found a grip that works I didn't see any new movement in it and not see I think the Vila was up I think almost a tick on it so that might be a thing and maybe throwing it harder helps him control it better. But at the end of the day, I was looking at, I was just looking, I'm like, okay, so there's an obvious mix here, mix pitch mix change again, going with tangible results with tangible change. I love that. But it's one of those things where how you can't know when he's starting. You don't know what's going on with that whole rotation. I feel like any given day, one of those guys could just be booted. How is Hulk is deserving of another look, but we don't know when that look is coming. I think you're stashing him. I think you're, I mean, anytime a guy goes out and spikes an outing like that, you take notice and you know how can be we've seen him be very electric in many starts in the past at this point. I think Hulk's a guy that you want to make a point to stash if you can, especially in deeper formats and shallower formats. I get it. You kind of have a hard time holding on, but you don't want to let go of somebody who showed success this last start the way he just did that. And if, if, if the a play, if that playing time comes back around, then someone else might have them. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, I would really be trying to hold on to how right now. Yep. I'm
1: with you. I was just curious your thoughts. And then I looked at the, Potential starters, which none of them are bolded, so a lot of that can change. It is Tuesday, after all, but um, they have a, a lot of options. Heck, they put Pavetta in the bullpen. Not that that was a bad move, but that's just another starter they could have. Like they, they have options right now for once, which is something to keep in mind. Uh, before we get to listener questions, let's review our ad drops for the week. If you have that available, my friend, let's. Uh, I know you're a busy man when it comes to ad drops, so I'm curious what you did this week.
2: Well, it's funny because I'm very busy, but I only have the one fab league. I just, because I mean, I, I'm, I'm turning, right now I'm turning and burning a lot of spots. I I made four moves, which for me is a lot in this league. So it's my main event. Um, Owen Miller, Akil Badu, Harold Castro, and Derek Hall are my ads this week. You say Derek um, Hall? Derek Hall. Nice. I stashed your, Derek Hall. Yeah, I was
1: going to ask, what what are you hearing on him that uh, makes you want to stash him?
2: He should be starting a rehab soon, and he's eligible to come off the 60 DIL June 5th. So that's, that's two weeks. Good stuff. So I got him five enough five dollars to zero, which in a 15 team league, I put, that's it, outstanding. put it, I put it up to five because I know he's a strong side platoon bat, but we're talking some of the more up some of the bigger upside for power there. That's all this was was a power upside stash, narrowing rehab, and yeah, it'll be a strong side platoon, but that's that's you can kind of you can, you can stream for that plus it's a great lineup. So it's just more a spec play. I mean, he'll also be one of my first drops. Unfortunately, if I need, if I make, if I need one beyond these guys, like Harold Castro, we talked about a little bit top of the show that just, he's been hitting well. Good. I need some batting average help. He has seven games at core six being against righties, and he's been platooning strong against strong uh, on the strong side against righties. So I think there's six out of seven starts there for for him. And last night versus a lefty in the bullpen, he didn't get pulled. So I don't know if it was just because they didn't have any other options or whatever, but he should. So he stayed. He's not like a super strict platoon compared to your typical i mean it's strict but it's not strict enough to where he's getting pulled after you know one inning like julian and then akil badu he's been weird i've been watching i've looked at his stats a little bit i'm like i know he, i know again another platoon guy but six of seven against righties this week for detroit so but but though he's walking a ton which is kind of something he's been doing last couple years but the strikeouts are way down so i'm like all right so he's making more contact he has that power a little bit of pop a lot of speed and I thought there was, there's some intrigue. He batted six yesterday. So I'm like, okay, Badu, I think he I think he went one for four with a run. Not nothing special, but still one of those things where he made my, you know, he made he caught my attention, was worth streaming considering I told you how my outfield's playing out. I need that fifth outfield type. And we know, and I, I made a point to get Badu. I got eight to five. My bid was eight. I was runner up, and I made a point to get him because a he's outfield, B, he's running hot, C path of playing time, D we know what the upside can be if Badoo actually figures it out. And that kind of, and that all put, I put all that together. I was like, this might not be terrible. So we'll see where it goes. I'm not overly excited, but I'm like, huh, it was the plate discipline that sold me. And then I'm like, well, if the plate discipline's there, we know the upside in terms of power and speed is there. Okay. Uh, So I made a point to get them and I'm streaming this week. And then Owen Miller, I grabbed him because I think he gained third base eligibility as of yesterday. He's like four games away from outfield. He's also hitting very well right now, and he and he was a weak side platoon guy who's been earning full time playing time. I know injuries; it could be a short term thing. I, I'm, I honestly should, probably shouldn't have gone after him too hard. Uh, yeah,
1: Luis Urias is just starting to rehab assignment, but I'm I get I'm assuming that'll be a longer than normal one just because he has been out all year. But yeah, that was my concern. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, I, no, no, no. I, I know we were talking about Miller in the Discord over the weekend. Like I made a few comments, and you came in with your, your playing time stuff, so it all kind of balanced out. And then, like I see last night, that uh, Urias is either starting Tuesday or Wednesday in Nashville, yeah. start his rehab assignment.
2: Exactly. So I, I know it's probably shorter term, but then you, you, I look at it like this you have guys, not only do they continuously have injury issues, but then you have guys like Jesse Winker who have been terrible. Well, let's be real. And then, since
1: Brian Anderson's hot start, he's been garbage.
2: Like Miller is very, better than Brian Anderson right now. And I'm right now. And then if Miller can gain that, my thing was I really need that alpha eligibility, but I could care less about the rest. But we saw we also saw Owen Miller, I believe, last year with the Guardians, like the first month or six Mm -hmm. weeks, he spiked this amazing run. And Miller could easily be in the middle of one of those right now. I didn't start him for the first half of the week because I, I had better matchups. And he, I know he didn't do well. He batted like I think like eighth or ninth yesterday against a righty against lefties. He hits towards the top of the order, but it's like all right handed pitching this week, so it kind of scared me. But I did get him just to see if he can continue that run. So, it was, so it was Owen Miller, Kilbadoo, El Castro, and Derek Hall. I spent a total of what like 40 bucks, maybe 30. And I needed to keep it cheap. I took some shots on upside with the pro- in the process too, and I got some eligibility help here because Castro I think has like first and second base as well. I think.
1: And I guarantee you, between the Brewers and Roto, where they want Miller to be good because Miller time in Milwaukee would be a perfect uh, slogan and t-shirts to make in a heartbeat with those Miller folks. So, and i, I, I missed some of like O'Do- O'Doyle rules in Coors. Like you guys can have some fun stuff with this. Come on, people, let's go. Um, all right, my Fab, my f- three OCs. And I'm, I'm kind of doing what you're doing in a regards of, I'm just going to start kind of give me like three or four guys, churn and burn and go. That's what I did this past week. I added Brenton Doyle. I dropped JJ Bleday, $9 to $7 runner up. Um, and then I did Emmanuel Valdez, dropped Michael Massey. I mentioned picking him up last week. I'd rather, like, I could see myself using Valdez regularly compared to Massey. I might regret it though. Massey has made great improvements at the plate, but matchup wise, I think the Royals faced three or four lefties this week, if I remember correctly. I Actually, got it right here. I can tell you in a second because that would have been the yeah one two yeah four lefties this week in their six games. And I'm like, I know Massey can play a lot, but let's be—he was platooning at times last week. So I did that move four to nothing, um, and then a couple kind of specs slash prey pitching. I added JP Sears because I do like what he's doing. I think there's actual improvements there. He might actually be a a weekly. He's almost a bench streaming option. It looks like going forward potentially like a guy we talked about. Drop Chase Silseth two to none. Uh, then I added Luis Medina, dropped Yiner Cano 1-0. In this league specifically, I need more, like, uh, pitching stat, like counting stats. I looked at the match of Seattle and Houston. Not ideal. Uh, Houston's not the world-beater they once were at this point in time, but they did have 12 runs last night, so maybe they're heating up. But um, with Medina, he's gone at least five innings in every start, but since getting called back up, six innings, three runs in each start, 10 total Ks.
2: Excuse
1: me. 10 total Ks, so – I like the potential there. He's got a big time fastball. So uh, I figured for a dollar, like as you can tell, he was a dollar. He was not at the top of my waterfall on those <laughs> ones. So it was literally like, hey, let's see what happens here. Uh, in my second OC, we added McLean went for only 91. Libetor, 86. Wow. Uh, Kyle Farmer dropped JJ Bleday five to three. Jack Flaherty, someone was out there. I said, I'll take a, I'll take a dart. Again, not top of my deal. Drop Michael Massey, four to three. I got Flaherty for four bucks. I'll take my chances. Like if he's, I didn't even start him this week. I just, I got him for four bucks to see if these little improvements are real. I'm definitely not a Flaherty guy, but for four bucks, I'll take my chances. I added Dominic Fletcher, dropped Wilmer Flores, four to three. Added Tristan Casas, dropped Eddie Rosario, four to three. So I loved all those, five, three, four, three, four, three, four, three. Pretty proud of those bids. Um, As you talked to me last week about, you know, t- tightening things up. Uh, and the is, if you look at the month of May has really made some great improvements at the dish, talked about him last week, I think on the show too. And then I also added JP Sears, dropped Connor Joe two to zero and I needed a catcher, So I added Yon Gomes, dropped Connor Wong one to nothing. So I was really proud of those bids actually uh, pretty, pretty pumped on those ones. And then in my last OC added Brandon Belak. I'm big on Belak this week. He got a great two stuff next week. So I want to get ahead of the curve, drop Chase Silseth. Apparently I got two ahead of the curve, nine to zero. Actually I had zero runner up bids in all of my bids. I, I got six wins. Zero runner-up bids. This is the beauty of OCs, folks. Uh, I added Jergson Profar in Coors Field this week. He's been playing great, like for the last two weeks. Drop Nick Prado six to nothing. Added Britton Doyle. Drop JJ Bleday six to nothing. Added Casey Schmidt, who's hitting for average and driving and runs. Drop Connor Joe six to nothing. Added JP Series. Drop Brad Boxberger two to nothing. Added Luis Medina. Drop Kyle Gibson one to nothing. Um, zero runner-up bids and six bids. That is absolutely probably unheard of. Honestly, it shows. Like,
2: it shows you that because of what's available, people just again like twelves. It's so much tougher because yep. you you find these. It goes back. To, I was. T- I think I mentioned this last time last week on on the show too. Was that oh, yeah. we find value in these deeper names that aren't as valuable like, not, not that oh, I mean, but some of, same, some of those same some of those same ones i was winning like five to three four to three you got yeah. nothing on these i don't know if valuable is even the right word i'm not saying they're not as valuable because they are especially you mentioned the cores matchup for profile etc etc but some of those things where it's like do we need that level of knowledge to stream in 12s because of what's available in 12s i oh, think it's always enough. good to i think it's always good to have it it's definitely good to have that information and knowledge it's and great, sometimes it's a great it, question it, it, well it worked out it worked out and like you mentioned prado's been fantastic and and massey's been fantastic and if you keep up with like okay these guys are in platoons but if no matchups you know and in 12s they're not being rostered universally but if you roster them at the right time you're out ahead and that's what it comes down to hitting those streams in 12s i think i think that's the difference maker in 12s because a lot of guys teams will be really good but teams are also reluctant to turn players or sit players that you know are, are, are good but haven't been doing much like josh naylor I was sitting him in leagues when you know it wasn't. It's not really. It was tough to sit him, but at the same time, he's been so awful. How do you keep justifying starting him over a guy that you might have that's been running hot that isn't quite as good and it won't last? And Naylor's going to turn it around. But it's just one of those examples where you kind of have to know when to hold him and when to fold him. You no, know? yep. and and you won't always get it right. But you got in twelves. I feel like I'm a little more liberal with my willingness to be to move. People to move off players to, oh, yeah. to stream players because I, I, I realized so I almost much dropped, I here.
1: almost dropped Josh Bell this week. So look, oh I would have, yeah. but I also, I just I also didn't, have quick I just didn't quite need to yet in this league, but he's, he's like the next list
2: up there. Like it's <laughs> well, you have to remember, I'm also the guy who dropped Christopher Morrell two weeks before he de- debuted. So I have a quick so trigger. Your I, advice, green salt. But yeah, but I also That's dropped good. Oswaldo Cabrera before it became like yep. a popular thing to do. You dropped him in twelves yep. before I dropped him in 15s. I yep. dropped him, and the week after I dropped him, he was still like ninety two, ninety five percent rostered. So I was like, mm-hmm. I was one of like two or three teams that dropped him that week, and then now he's down to eighty five, and he still has useful days, but his playing time is so not weird, and he's not he's not doing much, and it's aggravating because I, I you know I liked him a lot coming into the year, but it's one of those things where you get some right, you get some wrong. You can't play scared, otherwise you're not gonna succeed yes. ever and, and it goes
1: back to we talked about the process last week you got to keep it consistent for everything not just for certain players like if this is how you felt about this scenario like it, it's a joke i make with dfs when i talk about like because there's a golf simulator that'll do it and I, I talk about for baseball and other ones like lineup projectors. you can do it where they don't show the player's name it's just the stats because that's all you want are the stats so okay. stop thinking about the player's name think about the situation the matchups and the stats that's what you care about not the
2: player's name don't get Meanwhile, too attached. <laughs> Meanwhile I won't sit Willie Adamas because I know he can get going any moment, but he's been there's so levels of players too no I know but he's he, my, my argument is always kind of the same way okay look start your start the guys that are doing well sit the guys that are doing poorly I honestly keep that simple for most of the roster I feel like it's been rather been decently successful so far early on, but then it's like you start you start getting the guys and Josh Naylor's like that mid round guy where it was like okay, I guess I can say him now Adamas is a top what five, six-round player mostly in most leagues, and I'm like, I can't do it, but man, do I want to? It's just, I know Thomas can go off, and he'll hit a home run here and there, but he's back, like, right now he's back like 200. I think his OPS is under 700. Like, oh, it's rough That's right now. And I don't rough. understand, because Adamus is not supposed to be this bad, and no. I don't get it. And the one home run he hit last week was in Tampa. I thought he couldn't yeah. hit there, so
1: I'm so confused. Yeah. And he couldn't. hit and, He didn't do anything in Coors. So I know. I know. And then he goes yeah. to San Francisco and does it all.
2: But he has yeah. eight home runs and four stolen bases. But he's but he's hitting weight in the process. Like I just don't know what's going on right now. The it's ground ball right. Right. Oh, it's the ground ball rate. Right. Right. The ground ball rate is up a little bit. The infield five ball rate is up. So I think what ha- what's happening is he's just not barreling the ball. Part. Let me guess his barrel rate's down. I'm just guessing. Just guessing. Let's yeah, see how I'm be. right. It no, it's not. It's actually, really? right in, it's actually 12.7% compared to 13 last year. The hard hit rate is down, which makes oh, sense because he's between the – I'll say if you're hitting the ball on the ground and if you're hitting the, if you're hitting more, uh, in fly balls, you're yeah. topping it and you're getting under it more. You're not hitting it as consistently hard. At what's least what la- so. what's his launch angle look like? i didn't even look at that yet. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I it must, I would guess it's down because the ground ball rate is up. So it that makes sense. Point. That's yeah, yeah. So, but usually the launch angle, you can tell by a ground ball rate and follow rate, if it's up or down usually, yeah. but uh, nothing was really different in terms of like, he's making just as much contact. He's swinging just as much as ever. He the zone swings a little down, but but I don't know. Like, I don't know, it's just the quality of his contact. It's just, yeah, it's just the lack of quality. It's the barrel rate's still good. It's just he's, I don't know, it's just too many ground balls, maybe part of the barrel. (laughs) Yeah, apparently, barely, he's barely getting the barrel that we want. I don't know, man. It's aggravating because it's there's a lot of stuff that says like he's kind of is who he is, like he's kind of the same guy as he was last year. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the the production hasn't been there yet. I mean, he was only a two thirty eight hitter last year, so I'm not expecting it to be like a 250-260 hitter. But I'm expecting better than two oh eight. The Babbitt is two forty one. That's a career low. So there is some bad bad luck happening too. All right. Anyway, enough of me ranting. I'm uh,
1: let's do some listener questions here, and then we'll head on out. We already hit a Ben Tid, uh, the Michael Lorenzen question. So we got that one covered. Um, <laughs> the guilds. We Don't have to answer this, it's just funny. Jake Fraley versus Julio Rodriguez, rest of the season. I'm kidding, sort of. Yeah, Fraley getting benched on Saturday or uh, Monday night was just full red oh, morons. Um, MKB Fantasy Baseball asks, Speaking of the Reds, when do you project uh EDLC to be called up? De La Cruz to be called up. I get these kind of questions all the
2: time, Chrome. I know you do as well. I don't freaking know uh yeah i, I even mentioned I'm like i wish I, I well we're not really we're not prospect minds we don't follow the yeah, we, don't follow, we don't follow the farm systems as close as others may be but we also like you m- don't m- know how these teams operate like in, McLean, in a perfect in a perfect vacuum he should be up right now like he's talented but
1: that's a million dollar Mc-
2: question we're su- I'm surprised McLean came up so early with and uh, again uh over these other guys that they have down there so it's one of those things where it's like i i don't know what to expect i'm guessing mid to late June at this point that's, that's my best guess I, I wish I had a better idea guys like Chris Clegg might have a better idea you know Eric Cross you know those guys that, that like live eat and breathe minor league systems James Anderson et cetera, et cetera. but uh I wish I had any idea I have zero but I do know that when they do come up I'll be very interested well will I have the fab left I don't know I'll be very yeah, interested that's
1: the million dollar question yes
0: and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part: you decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of four thousand two hundred and seventy-two Noomers, ninety-eight percent say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Uh, Finkel has a couple of players for us to discuss real quick. Uh, Jose Caballero, I've been talking about him on DFS. He had a homer and three steals on Sunday. He went deep again on Monday. In the month of May, he's hitting 342 with two homers, four steals. Obviously, the homers in the last two games, three of the four steals in the last two games, but almost a 13% walk rate, a 19% K rate in May. Hit ISO over 211, which I like to see quite a bit. Um, but the barrel rate and the hard hit rate might suggest otherwise for Caballero. So what's your takes on Mr. Jose Caballero? Who if he keeps this up is gonna be a ridiculous fab
2: play? So he was on my waterfall, but I didn't make a huge effort out of him because I didn't need stolen bases. Now the power's been a welcome surprise. I didn't expect the power production to be there so early on, but I didn't expect it for t- Tether walls either. So what do I know? Um, <laughs> which I heard you by the way talking about it on on with uh with Bloom. Bloom so so, yeah, I appreciate it. But, yeah, it's one of those things where it's hey, I like, I still don't get it. It's giving you a shout. Yeah, because I was just making uh, a joke. Like, we
1: talked about it. And I got told I was an idiot. And I get I, it because you you weren't wrong in your points. But I'm like, he's doing
2: it. I don't know how I'm to explain it, but he's freaking doing it. I But I will always argue it doesn't have to make yeah. sense for you to, to oh, add them and stream them. You don't right. have to. Listen, you add you add and stream first and hope it makes sense later. And yes. that's why my argument is I don't get it. I still don't get it with Wallows for reference. But I'm I would never say don't. Adam and don't stream them you always play the hot hand mickey moniac it looks unsustainable but you're you better you my should God. be starting them right now yep it's definitely i mean 30, 38% well, straight 38 it's almost 500 like i think it's almost 700 i think it's like oh yeah six, you're right 640 it's stupid somewhere. it's yeah. stupid high but yeah my, my, it goes back to the point of right now um caballero. this gentleman i hey, i'm glad you could say it caballero okay mm-hmm. i should know jose, this you're right jose caballero but he's a guy with you know good play discipline always has flashed the good play discipline. I'm a sucker for play discipline, so that was always a, a win. The playing time has been there. You know, Colton Wong has been terrible. He uh Caballero, I think started four or five straight heading into Sunday. So we saw that kind of trending the right direction. Yep, I think it's his job now. Well, of course he hit the home run on Sunday, but also had like what two or three stone bases in the one game. Yesterday yep. he hit a three-run home run. But yep. you mentioned it. The home run you're not you're not drafting him for that. You're drafting him for the stone bases, the batting average, the playing time is there. I, I like what we're seeing in terms of the batting average and the and the good plate discipline. And I think the small bases are gonna stick. The power will come and go probably because there's no real indicators that suggest the power is gonna be a thing, but kind of ride it out. Definitely gotta ride it out. He's middle, middle infield type. He's more I still think he's more of a deeper league option. I, I don't know if 12s, he's quite there. I mean, we're talking about a 26-year-old, kind of a he's kind of an older guy, older prospect. I, I don't know how much we should be expecting from him, but all things considered. You know, the playing time's there. He's producing right now. It goes back to the argument ride it until the wheels fall off. Who cares? Yep. You know?
1: Yep. I agree. I think he's more deep league than shallow, but there will be viable moments there, especially if they do get. Uh, let's just. I, I, I'm glad I kept this page up. Uh, next week, they get four against Oakland at home and then three against Pittsburgh at home. Not bad
2: matchups. How many lefties? I'm just curious because um, uh, if they, they play it's
1: Muller, Waldachek, and Sears. So three of the four A's games are lefties. And then he's got Keller, Ronzi Contreras, and Vinny V on the week. Oh, that's this week. Never mind. That's this week. Next week, it's the Yankees and then at Texas, and it's one total lefty. Or two two lefties. Sorry, two lefties.
2: I'm just asking because I do think that he's going to uh, – I do think he's going to play regardless, but I think lefty – there's a reason why they were platooning him against lefties, you know? So uh, I think that maybe that's the stronger side. So, again, just trying to get an idea of – Trying to find any little way to see if there's added juice there. You know, if he had like three or four lefties next week, then there's okay. There's well, no you'll, added know, juice. You'll, you'll know
1: by the end of this week because he does have four lefties this week, so you'll have a good idea.
2: There you go. Yeah, if you do. actually, if they're actually well, I, well, I do know he's going to play every day. It's just a matter of is there some added juice when he plays lefties because that's kind yeah. of a that's one of those things where it's like okay, if you know a player is going to play every day but has really good matchups, he's really good against righties, obviously you're more likely to start, especially in a street if in a shallower league, maybe you're just looking for a boost. And if he's really crushing lefties and he has like four lefties on the schedule. Even in the shallow league, you stream that, you know, just, just why not? Why not take a shot if you're desperate, like in our OCQ, I can't catch us up in offense. And I'm like, I'm making the right moves, but I don't know what the heck's going on there. I I just, I can't, our pitching is great. That's why we're still top five, but Mm -hmm. I can't seem to make up anything in hitting. And I'm like, I feel like I'm making decent moves and streams there, but, Apparently, I suck at 12, so I don't play them. Yeah, gotta keep chugging <laughs> along. Keep chugging, I chugging we're, along. We're, we're top. We yeah, go from I check every night with the rest of mine. Say, we're, worry. T- we're top three, top five most of the time. You know, yeah. I'm making, I'm not making bad moves. I definitely have us, our pitching. Well, it makes sense because all my teams, the one thing I hit on was pitching. It's offense, where it's like maybe I put a little more faith in my streaming uh, process than I should have, Is early takeaways possibly, but we'll see. It's still early.
1: Finkel's other player he wanted to know about was Paul DeYoung, and uh, we're uh, in third, I
2: mean, by the way, third in that I'm, league right now. I'm a big Paul Young
1: fan. Uh, usually, the batting average is a massive hole, but and I was worried actually about playing time when he came back, but he's hit his way into playing time. Even though Ollie Marmol's an idiot, he at least plays Young, hitting seventh most days. He's hitting 289 now with eight home runs since he uh, came back on the 23rd of April. 28% K rate, which is actually not horrible in all things considered with Paul DeYoung. Uh, you look at his stat cast numbers 14% barrel 49% hard hit. Pretty darn solid for Paul Diaugh right now. Uh, we've seen years of him be very good, we've seen other years of him like you thought he'd never play baseball again. So it's it's a weird mix here. I similar to like the other guys ride it till the wheels fall off. I think this is one he could ride for a while. I think as long as he can sustain the slumps. Um as long as he's playing which he is for now, I think he's actually pretty solid.
2: Yeah, I think Young is kind of like an in-between 2020 and 2021 version of himself. Like, I think he's closer to that 250 hitter versus the 289 hitter. But that 19 home runs he spiked in 2021. Well, he also had 30 in 2019. I think there's like a happy – obviously, he already has eight. So, we're looking at young probably being closer to the mid-20s home run guy. So, there's like a mix in terms of like skill sets here. If he hit between 230 and 250 the rest of the way, which – Projection systems have him at, what, 216, 219, which is also, I mean, we look at his underlying numbers. He, you know, still lost still very high swinging strike rate is like 16 percent. Again, the average being around 11. So there's issues there. Contact is OK. Not great. Striking out nearly 30 percent of the time for a reason. So if he even if he did hit 220 ish the rest of the way, that wouldn't surprise me. But that might keep him close to that 230, 240 range by the season's end. But the powers like that power is actually real. Like I do buy into the power spike in terms of like so as, as long as DeYoung's Young's running hot, you could expect the power to be there. But all things considered, yeah, it's it's kind of like he was he was not he wasn't as bad as he's shown the last couple of years, but I don't think he was ever gonna be the 30 home run guy we saw in twenty nineteen because that was also the year to juice ball for a reason. So that's why I'm like there's a happy medium here between how bad he was and how good he spiked between a couple of years. And if he was like a two forty like twenty-five-ish home run guy, that's going to play probably but it might just be ugly how he gets there considering how hot he is now so ride it out yeah, definitely I'm just not sure if I buy into it fully I mean yeah Paul yeah. DeYoung is what it is. <laughs>
1: Yep, is I'm with you on that one Uh Kurt J asks concerns with James Altman after he's cooled down from his hot start you want to talk cool down since uh, May 12th he's played 11 games he's got hits in uh three of them one home run one stolen base he's in a buck 29 with a .097 iso at a 34% strikeout rate. He has a 5% barrel rate and a 25% hard hit rate. It's um, called a young kid that they figured out. Now he has to figure it out again is the way I look at it personally. And like, I've been sitting them right now. Anywhere I have them, I only have them in DCs, basically. I don't have them in season long, but I am concerned if you have better options, I would use them as my two cents.
2: Yeah, this reminds me a lot of what we saw with like Sawinski, where he was like blazing hot and then just fell off the cliff. And a lot of it, I mean, second, second percentile whiff rate for Altman. You know, he's he's swing and miss is part of his game. He's not hitting breaking balls well at all, even fastballs. He's hitting them hard, but he what 241 BA XBA, right? 234, but but the slug is 460, but it's like. Overperforming. I don't know. He has a lot of whiff rate issues, just a lot of swing and miss in his game. It's part of it. I mean, 77% contact rate, league average is 85% for reference. So uh he, although he doesn't chase a ton, he has a he has a below average contact rate. Sorry, that was his zone contact, still below average overall contact. He's still 10% below uh contact overall in terms of uh his his rate versus uh, league average. That's James Outman, and but the swinging strike rate is also fifteen and a half percent. So there's legitimate swinging miss issues, and it's showing in the whiffs. And you're seeing pitchers adapt. Obviously, I could see him going back to platooning. I think he, I honestly haven't even looked because I don't have any shares. I haven't kept up on him, but he's having it's it's heavily his line, his underlying, his overall line. I should say his underlying line. Yeah, that, that's gonna be worded poorly. His overall line for Outman. It's one of those things where it's being carried by that really strong start and. All things considered, he's definitely a bench. In 12s, I can see dropping him, I guess. I mean, I know, but we just know it's almost like Swinsky. You want to hold on because it's this type of profile that goes off and on, off and on. Joey Gallo is kind of like the, it's like the poster child for this. You know, a lot of strikeouts. A lot of strikeouts, but when things click, man, do they click. And you would think, oh, 341 Babbitt is high. He's always been, Outman's uh, always been a really big Babbitt guy. Three forty four, 343 in, in AAA last year. 386 in A, 368, 349, you get my point. It's always a high BABIP guy. So the BABIP can remain higher than what you'd expect, but he's not making contact right now. So Outman, I'm concerned. I definitely wouldn't be starting him if I had him, but I don't know. It's just hard. It's hard to sit. It's hard to drop him. I just, I can understand dropping him in 12s. I really could. I just don't know. I can't sit here and say I would do it. I don't have him in 12s, but it's hard. I think that type of profile is so difference making when it's clicking that it's hard to justify dropping him fully. But in yeah. shallow formats, in shallow formats, there's, there's probably some re- replacement options. In a that's the problem. Format. Yeah, that's why I don't like playing them. They piss me off. There's always <laughs> so much good stuff on the wave wire. At least yeah. what I perceive as good. When it's probably trash. But anyway.
1: All right, at Bush Mush, why are you standing up? asks, What the? what's cool What name. the hell should I do with with uh, Varsho? You play him. You play him a catcher, and you you just enjoy life. I know he's hitting two oh seven. We got seven homers and six stolen bases. That projects pretty well. His striker rate twenty three percent, walk rate eight percent. Like he's in line with norms. But what really stands out, he has the best max EV of his career at one twelve point five. Still an eight point four percent barrel, thirty five point nine percent RD rates, in line with last year. He's not doing a ton different than last season. His ground ball rates even down. He's just he's hitting more line drives and more infield flies. Like it's just a, a slight tweak to me. He's still playing very well. And the last thing before I let you have the floor on this one. People were complaining about him it was like a week or two ago, like on a Monday. And let's just pick, let's just pick May first for fun. So if you guys like look at a, a slow start potentially in April, May first. Since May first, Dalton Varsho, if fan wants, uh, is hitting two twenty four with five homers, two stolen bases, eleven RBI's on twenty one percent K rate. He's doing Dalton Varsho things. I don't know what you were expecting from him.
2: I think Varsho is just. I think you mentioned it. I think it was the infield fly ball rate. Right? The fact that it's a like by far, career worst, 25.5%. That's a lot of info five balls. He's getting under a lot, but it goes back to the fact that you mentioned he's elevating the ball. Maybe he's elevating it too much or getting under it too much, obviously. But Varsho, I mean, he's making strides in the areas you want him to. That's the funny part. Right. A career best zone contact rate, which is it's the first time it's above league average in his career, 87.9%. It's actually a strong league. Yeah, it's a it's a strong uh number. And then you have a career best. Swinging strike rate, which is ten point nine percent, the lowest of his career, which is better than league average as well. Better, oh, it's actually, I'd say, it's actually league average. But the point being is that he's making is making strides in the contact department. You want him making more contact. You want him having less swing and miss. You like seeing that in a profile. The BABIP is a little low, two thirty four career, two sixty six guy. That could be the difference in him hitting two thirty five and two oh seven right now. And he was never going to be a batting average help. And you knew that coming into the year. You knew Varsho wasn't going to project to be better than a 240, 250 hitter. I know the shift band was supposed to help him, and maybe it still will. But I think a lot of it is just simple. It's as simple as he needs to get some of those infill flies to not be infill flies. And that's something that you mentioned. A little tweak can happen. But you are still you have to start him because there's not many catchers out yeah. there that you would start over him right now anyway rest of season.
1: That's my point. Is people don't look at him as an outfielder. That's next year. He's, he's a catcher right now. And as a catcher, pretty darn solid um free shrugs at welched asks can clint fraser actually for really real put it all together this time for those that sleep under a rock because i was shocked when i saw this on sunday getting ready for the first pitch pod clint fraser got called up by the white Sox. didn't even know what minor league system he was in i gave up hope on this man he's got one hit in his first two games but i looked at his minor league numbers this year he's hitting 315 he has 10 doubles a triple eight home runs it's 19 extra base hits in 31 games uh, still striking out 35 times though. Keep that in mind. One stolen base if you want to go even deeper. You know, it's a 1.065 OPS. He has a 333 ISO. He's also walking over 13%. He's always been a great minor leaguer. It's never been an issue for Clint Frazier. And we just mentioned all the White Sox potential problems when Eloy Jimenez comes back. It feels like
2: he'd be the first one gone to me. He he is in the lineup tonight by the way, but it is against a lefty. So I think that's part of the issue. I think Frazier could be relegated to a weak side platoon because Frazier was always a lefty masher people. That's what, we, at least that's what I remember him as. I feel like he, he fell in and out of platoons in the past. And since being up, he started against one righty now a lefty. I don't know if the, I don't think the playing time is going to be there enough. You also mentioned uh playing time issues. They also have Oscar Colas. That's probably going to come back, come back up eventually as well. So I don't know if there's even gonna be much of a leash there in terms of like, how long is gonna hold off Colos? I know Colos isn't doing much in the minors, by the way. Actually, no, he's doing very well in the minors. I was looking at his major league line and the minors. Although the power speed haven't really been there, Colos is still striking out just eighteen percent or seventeen point seven percent in the minors, batting three twenty nine, five hundred slug. what has been like extra base hits, I guess. But at the end of the day, Colos isn't gonna stay down long either. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Clint Frazier has a path to relevance beyond the short term, and even then, the leash will probably be short. And we haven't seen any trend of playing time in his favor just yet. So if I'm out on Frazier for now, trust me, I I'm with everyone else. I want to see Frazier succeed. I can't. Yeah. I always have a soft spot for him, but I have to look past the soft spot and realize that I don't see a I don't see a real path to relevance here.
1: Yep, hundred percent with you on Clint that. Frazier. one. Clint Frazier, Clint wait, Frazier. Say the name. I, I know that's a big.
2: Listen, that's one thing we we hear it echoed. We hear it mocked. Got to say the name. Yep, Clint Frazier. Uh,
1: O-U-T-D asks, when is holiday? I'm guessing that's um, the youngster holiday with the Orioles uh, going to get promoted to the big leagues. The dude just went to what, double-A? Like, next year.
2: I think yeah. next year is, like, best-case scenario. Yeah, like,
1: let's, let's calm the roll. He's dominated single-A. He's in double-A. Just got drafted last year. The Orioles actually don't need anybody right now. If they bring him up, it'll be last, last minute. I don't see that happening.
2: Is in he in double-A? Because I only see high-A. So maybe so he's got
1: promoted to high. A. I thought he got promoted to double A. Maybe no, that he went a... from
2: a ball to high A, so it's high no, A. Yeah, from not... rookie ball he's... to high A.
1: He's got a long ways to go.
2: He's 19. I expect three, four years, especially the way the yeah. Orioles have been with their prospects. If you even know, like Grayson Rodriguez, it took him. them a yeah, like, sweet time. And then right now, they're not calling up DL Hall. They did call Panderson early, I'll give them that. They did call Penderson early, so maybe it really will depend. I like could, I think it's gonna be at least three years because I think they're, I think Holiday will be at least 22 when he debuts, probably. He's he's 19 and a half right now. He has to go through double A. So I'd say maybe if we're lucky, we get a cup of coffee next year. And then he is really a 21, 22 year old call-up the following year. Early, maybe like a early call-up type of thing, or one of those guys that breaks camp out of spring and if he sucks, gets sent down, i.e. Jordan Walker. But uh yeah, I think you I think best case scenario we're talking two years, but most likely three years plus. Um Renegade Envy
1: asks. What to do with Austin Riley? Trade or ride out the storm? right out the storm because you're yep. never going to get the value to deserve. That's the easiest way I can say it. Like he just he's he's too talented to just be like, oh, he's slumpy, and I got to trade him because you're going to trade him for like half his price, and you're going to hate yourself when he starts hitting again. So don't do it.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what you would get for him. I mean, and the funny thing is, is right now Riley's on a one-two. He's on a five-game hit streak right now, and he actually yeah, has a hit, and he has a hit in eight of nine. So he's he's turning it on a little bit. It hasn't been. I mean, only one home run over the span. So, and only what three extra base hits out of all these hits, but still he's trending in the right direction is kind of where I'm getting at here. So yeah, Riley, I'm not
1: worried about Riley
2: at all. I don't think, I, I think the problem is, is he set himself up for this, over like this high expectation of batting average. I think people were viewing more of the four category type. And I think he was always closer to a Matt Olson than he was. If, to if he were to he just hit doing.
1: 270, we should be happy. He like, well, the what, last two years has been ridiculous. Well,
2: he hit 270 last year. And I think even that was kind of pushing his luck. Cause I don't think batting average was ever a strength. I think that was kind of the ceiling more than the floor because because he hit in 2020 or was it 2021, he had three. he spiked that 303 batting average with a 368 BABIP is the issue. So I think Riley 273 is more the ceiling than the floor for me. And he's hitting 256. If he hits 256 the rest of the way, but but get that power back, you're okay. He's good. But right now, projections have him hitting 270 plus the rest of the way. So maybe I'm miss. Maybe I'm underestimating the batting average. But I never thought of his batting average as a, as a ceiling, as a, as a strength. And maybe, yeah. and especially now with the way that, that it's changed, it's not as much of the strength it might have been anyway. Had you drafted him for it. But anyway, um, I do think he was, I think he's gonna. He's bottom gonna... line bottom line is you hold yes yes that's, sorry that's, I'm, I'm over i'm overthinking
1: yeah. this yes or not we not need to saying, analyze austin it. rally you just you hold, hold. It. you, you hold. just hold now this one you can have as much fun with as you want because i personally i don't mean to be rude i don't like questions like this because it's just too wide freaking open uh scott road asks what starting pitchers would you be targeting in a trade i need pitching ratios i don't know what um, your league is i don't know anything
2: that you have going on personally
1: I'm not a fan of these questions because a they're vague. B I yeah. don't like
2: rest. I, I'm not big on the rest of season. Who do no? You I actually
1: I actually felt bad because I actually told someone in a private in our Discord that messaged me privately because it's been eating at me. They said rest of season. I said stop looking at the rest of season. Look at like the next week or two, if not month, at the most because we have a long ways to go.
2: Unless unless it's like stud for stud. Like what do you think rest of season for? Like what, yeah, would no, these, would you? Most questions aren't stud for stud though. It's like it's like it's <laughs> like, Paul DeYoung and Mickey yeah, Moniac, Exactly. I think I'm was like, one of my questions. I'm like. I'm like, dude, I, I, I think the way you should be looking at this, as you mentioned, it's like week to week, month to month, maybe a month out at most. And I'm like, right now, give me the hot hand. Because a lot of these guys, rest of season, the rest of season, there's a good chance they're not. neither one of these guys have any value in two weeks. Bing and uh, bing that's bing why it's like the rest of I, I understand what they're trying to get at. They want to know I do, who's I going do to, too. That's
1: why I, try, but, I, feel, I don't want to be rude about it. But it's like we got to narrow our focus on
2: things. I, I think that there has to be a shift in analysis. Just like, you know, the whole... the whole um uh, there's a few things that drive me nuts, but this is one of the whole rest of season outlook is because the way teams change the way, the way the game has changed. You have to shift your mindset from a rest of season outlook to a, what are they going to do for me now? Outlook in a lot of cases, not your high end players. You want to get more of a, you know, a, a outside, a bigger look for them. But these, these, these fringe guys you look at, it has to be more of like a, okay, they've been running hot. The playing time's there. Let's see what they can do for me. And I'm going to yeah. value him over this other guy in the same similar tier that uh, for, hey, I'm going to value these guys similarly. Okay, which guy's been better lately? Which guy has better matchups? All right, cool. I'm going to roll with him for now, but be willing to make that switch the second that something happens that s- suggests you should. I understand that's a lot of work for a lot of people. People kind of just want like the hey, give me the answer so I can go with this, and if I'm r- if you're wrong, I'm going to blame you. I'm okay yeah. with that too. It's kind of what I signed up for without realizing it back in the day. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a there's definitely a need, in my opinion, for a shift in how we look at these players. Look at vast majority of players. Wait, because of how teams, teams in... just
1: small small quadrants. Don't look at the full picture anymore. Like break yeah.
2: it down. I understand there's a time and place for that. And it goes back but it goes back to talking about stud players, like, okay, rest of the season, who do you prefer over Kevin Gosman and like, would you rather
1: have Riley Green or Matt Chapman
2: rest of the season? Okay. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. That's that's <laughs> Because at least that's that that, but that's like that's the fringe part of it. That's where it starts getting okay. After these guys, those are top one hundred players, top one twenty players. Yes. And now once you get beyond the those top one twenty to one fifty types, the obvious names, guys that kind of deserve being on your roster rest of season, a lot of these names you're getting are just so fringe that it's like what you should. It's just just be willing to. Get rid of them. Any of these names, get, get rid of any of these guy, guys for the next hot commodity. Like you want that. You want to stay up on the hot commodities. You don't want to be married to this guy rest of the season. Cause I, for cause for a week I said, I thought Moniac was worth more than I, I thought Moniak was a better player than Paul DeYoung this week. Doesn't mean it's going to hold true next week. That's why it's like rest of the season. I don't know, but right now this is what I'm feeling. Yep. I'm with you. Sorry that that bugged anybody, but that's kind of been broken on back me to, also. Um, so it's just, well, I have an idea. So I, I got two names that came to mind for the ratios. Honestly, um, Braxton Garrett and Bryce Elder. I, I wasn't sure how deep we're going, but those are guys that you could probably get for cheaper off your waiver wire if, shallow, if you're in a shallow league. You could just, gets, just like
1: I'm going to be aware though for the rest of the season. I would not be shocked if either one of them gets destroyed at some point. Oh, like, absolutely. But that that was that goes back to the point of why I was like, that's why I'm we like, need, I'm, we need a different question. <laughs>
2: we, we we need we need more in depth knowledge of the league type. But um, uh-huh. I'm trying to play it safe here, and those are guys that I think of when I think of ratio protectors. I think of guys like they're not going to be the biggest strikeout guys but they can you know go 5 6 innings be good not great and and help at least stabilize my my ratios and those two names came to mind i agree with and, you on that though so i don't know I don't like well, i'm you. trying to be like u- you. somewhat useful but i'm sure that i'm guessing i bet you there's probably better options for them but those if are the two if names. you
1: want to message both of us or one of us with more message bubble more details we'll, we'll help you with that how about that message bubble so, so, that's my way of saying i'm we're sorry for being us but it was just like we need more information. Um, and then the last thing is more just kind of a fun question from Dave Petruziello. He always has good stuff here, and he puts and, – and it's kind of ironic because we've been talking about Corbin Burns a lot in our, our Discord. Um, do you think Corbin Burns pulls a 1998 Randy Johnson if he gets traded by the deadline? I looked up his stats while you were talking. So Randy, when he got traded to the Houston Astros in 98, he basically made 11 starts. He had a one-two-eight ERA, a 2.04 FIP. He allowed 12 runs in 84 and a third innings. He struck out 116 in those 84 in the third innings. That's a 27.4% K to walk. He had a .43 home run per nine. The list goes on and on on what Randy Johnson did because he's a freak. No, I do not think Corbin Burns does that. There's something physically wrong, but if it be at the pitch clock or something, but we saw it towards the end of last year, the velocity started completely like decreasing slowly again. Why rest of the seasons a tough projection to make, uh, especially for pitchers. Um, I don't think he makes that transition if Corbin Burns gets traded.
2: Yeah, my issue is the where does he get traded? Does he go to the Rays, who will just fix him overnight? That's true. Does, <laughs> he go to, does he go to Houston, where all of a sudden like,
1: oh hey, check this out? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's why I'm like, it depends where he goes, but I'm not gonna get my hopes up. I mean, if you go back to the second half of last year, three point six Sierra, all the underlying indicators, three point nine seven ERA, three point four nine xFIP. So it's like he's he's supposed to be a mid to high threes ERA guy right now, and this is over a hundred forty five. Uh, pitch uh inning, sorry 145 inning sample going back to the uh, second half of last year so burns has been having issues and this is where we give rob dps his props for you know ha- rightfully being concerned i guess you know like kind of we kind of all shoot like i i know i poo-pooed his take i didn't think i didn't think he was gonna be this right but here we are i mean you get so, i had a blind spot Now, remember, it's one of those things I have to learn from it and realize what did I miss that he saw and what can I be – maybe he just – he put more credence in the second half numbers than I did probably. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, good on you, Rob, if you're listening. If you're not listening, which wouldn't surprise me either, somebody else will tell you that. that, Good job, Rob. Good job, Rob. (laughs) But, Um, yeah, uh, just looking at Burns, I don't really know what to expect. I think more of the same this year. I I have zero – I'm looking at more – I'm viewing more in that SP3 type of light right now. Yeah. He's I've been stacking against him in
1: DFS. Let's put it that way, God. Um. which never would have thought I would have said in March. All right. Two quick notes that came through while we've been talking. TJ Friedel is back and he's leading
2: off for the Reds on Tuesday night. Another guy that came back quick from a quote unquote oblique Who injury set senzel's in uh mclean's in i know people were talking about mclean being a uh potential for, uh, india's third okay i'll tell you i mean i'm surprised india's been leading off all year i thought maybe india was getting a day off um uh, yeah, still. so still. barrero is obviously platooning Myers Newman. in. newman's what in what the heck's going on, on here <laughs> i'm just trying to see who's losing the playing time here because this is obviously you gotta figure out there's it's i know fairchild's out obviously but he, he's uh, kind so of senzel's up. even in steer went to first Steer's in. Uh, Stevenson's in. Catching. Yeah, that's what just, I'm looking at. It. What in the world is going on here? It feels like somebody. Oh, you know what? They have, uh, Did Will Benson get optioned? I guess Will Benson probably got optioned.
1: Yeah, I didn't see who got the up and down part of it yet. I just got the lineup. Fraley's
2: now. in. Maybe this is just normal, but I think maybe they, th- maybe they threw in. Throwing India from first to third threw me off because Friedel always batted top two or three during, against righties as well. Uh Fraley seems yeah, this is actually pretty typical. I think Will yeah. Myers being in who I, You we know Myers what it was well, Myers was out for a little bit. We saw a lot of um we saw a lot of Ramos and yep. like said, Ramos Fairchild. The,
1: and, R- and Ramos went to the IL. So, so yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think this is the normal casting cast of characters. It's just one of those things where I mean Newman doesn't ever that thing though. Newman he started one of his last five against one of the last five against righties. So him getting a start against righties is kind of weird here, especially over uh, Barrero, who's been playing against him most of the time all year. Uh, but other than that, I'm so, well, I guess second base. But even wait, who who played? Oh, because you know what, India's, India's the Asian. okay. Okay, so. We're overthinking it. I think that yeah. live's rather normal, but Friedel is back he's, and leading he's off he's move
1: people people. that's my biggest thing. Friedel's back, folks, he's leading off. But the yeah, other sorry.
2: Thing I, I like something's wrong here. It's just yeah, I think he... it was just it was just throwing Friedel up there above India and yep. McLean staying there. And okay, yeah, sorry. That's the other thing. I... <laughs> the other
1: thing I'll mention is Cody Senga was supposed to start his two step tonight. He got moved to Wednesday. Tyler Miguel got moved to Tuesday from Wednesday. They switched spots. So Senga now just gets his one start at Chicago. Miguel now gets Chicago and Colorado on Sunday. Sunday. And if that rotation stays the same thing, next week Kota singa is gonna get Philadelphia and the Blue Jays. So have fun with that. All right, final <laughs> thoughts, Curlin, before we
2: head on out of here. Um yeah, I don't think. I just do, man. Bra- brain there my brains I, I'm empty. <laughs> yeah. Um, words, my, words of wisdom words from wisdom. Mike Curlin. <laughs> words, words of, of wisdom w- once a week with <laughs> words of wisdom once a week with Curlin, you know, eighth overall in, in the main event, but can't talk. Yep. <laughs> it and, goes hand in hand
1: there you go perfect stuff there <laughs> brains before voice it's very funny it's always a you think before you, you speak i don't he, thinks, there's no filter. He, he just thinks he doesn't do
2: this i just thing speak, speak part. i yeah. just speak i don't think
1: but we'll we'll wrap it up there before he speaks too much <laughs> uh you can find mike on twitter at mike underscore curlin i'm at bd don't forget to check out game of the edge fantasy on patreon patreon.com backslash gt fantasy mike's work also at the athletic i have many other places so just check me out on twitter you get all the goodies there But uh, until next time, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 590. Catch you all later.